the free for all roundtable round two on round two today news talk 1010's jason agnew you can listen to the trivia show on sunday mornings and like i say dowson montreal-based radio commentator and brampton mayor patrick brown is here so uh let's actually begin because i was just told jason you're going to be at the baseball game tonight so um the pitcher who said actually circulated some somewhat unhospitable sentiments about gay people is going to catch. She's going to play catcher tonight. And I guess, we well, could, we I could mean, for, for, for the opening pitch there, John. Yeah. Yeah. For the ceremonial first pitch, this is a real blunder in my opinion by the Toronto blue Jays. And I mean, I'm a huge fan. I follow this team, you know, night and day here. But if you look at the Anthony Bass situation, that's gone on the day after this online incident, John Bass gave the most insincere apology I've ever heard. Now, the next time he pitched, he got booed heavily by the Toronto fans. So we hear yesterday that he met with pride Toronto's executive director, Sherwin Madden. Right. Bass is a 35 year old man. He's not a rookie. He's not a kid. You're telling me one meeting with a pride representative has managed to change 35 years of ignorance. I don't think so. So tonight it's pride weekend for the Jays. They're going they're giving out rainbow flag jerseys tonight. Bass hasn't pitched since Monday night, so I'm going to the game tonight. I was actually wondering if it's a blowout. Would he step to the mound and how would he be greeted? But instead, what the Jays are doing is he's going to receive the first pitch from Leslie Lee Cam, a prominent awareness activist. So that means he's not the focus here. Uh, the activist is supposed to be the focus. But the problem is when she comes out or when she, he comes out, they're coming out together. So if the fans are going to boo Bass, they're going to boo the activist as well at the same time. It's really going to be a, not a great start to what's supposed to be a very fun night. Yeah, and like I say, Dowson, there's something Handmaid's Tale in all of this, in that you know nobody changes their mind about something like whether or not they like gay people in two weeks, but he's going to have to go to home plate and catch a ball anyway. Yeah, it seems very awkward. Like, I agree with Jason. And I, you know, this guy says it's because he's a Christian. Well, there are all kinds of beliefs inside the fold of what's called Christian. There are openly gay ministers in some churches, openly gay couples in other uh, denominations. So it's kind of, it's just awkward. Like the Jays have gotten caught up in this divisive debate. And I, I think maybe this isn't the best way to do it, but I actually am kind of mystified as to what would be the best way to do it. When a guy goes online and says something ridiculous and hateful, then what? He happens to be a prominent athlete. Uh, prominence is a stretch. Well, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> he's not that I'm great not a big baseball fan, but yeah. he's kind of a well-known guy. Uh, uh, he's well known he for his sorry. wife ob- objecting to an airline uh, <laughs> and a popcorn situation that happened. I mean, that's the problem here. I mean, he, you know, we shouldn't have that judge the person of how good they are on the field. But please keep these social issues out of sports here. The, the thing is, though, if you think about this, if Anthony Bass had this situation come about and he was playing in Texas or he was playing in Florida, this probably isn't an issue. But know your audience. This is Toronto. This is a city that is very open welcoming and respectful or at least supposed to be our pride parade is fantastic every year pride month is hugely celebrated this is the type of athlete it is now that... jason yeah and where are, we are now but yeah. 
Yeah. We're in 2023 here. I mean, that's when these activities are happening. So, uh, you know, this just, it doesn't fare well. What do you do with this this guy? Like, what is the answer? You release him. You release him. He's not tradable. He's not worth it. DFA. And actually, you know what? When Zach Pop comes off the IL, I would expect that Anthony Bass will take a leave. The Jays are a team that should be in contention this year for not only playoffs, but beyond. And this is not something that the team should be focusing on. All right. Last word to Patrick Brown. Yeah. I, I would just say I would, definitely welcome the, I would definitely welcome the Zach Pop edition. You know, he's a a Brampton resident. But I, <laughs> I, you know, I would just say this is good that sports is having this reckoning, and it's happening everywhere. There was an NHL, or this happened to in 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 Florida too. There is no exemption for ignorance just because you're a professional athlete, and so. It, the fact that this is getting the attention and controversy that it deserves is a good thing because professional sports, um, you know, many professional athletes are role models. And, and it's more dangerous if they um, share ignorance because they have so many young people and so many followers. So uh, I, I'm glad this is being confronted. Uh, homeless encampments uh, apparently are growing again in Toronto. And uh, Patrick Brown, I'll start with you on this one. Do you have encampments in Brampton at all? We we don't you know there, there was a small one on the um, Etobicoke Creek, but we don't have the same type of challenges we're seeing in 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 Vancouver or or Toronto. The, you know the, the gravity of the situation in Toronto is is somewhat unique to Toronto. So, I mean, your thoughts on the idea that they're being allowed to grow, and I I suspect a lot of this has to do with the fact, I mean, first of all, we've got all the issues that create homelessness, but um, I think John Tory, when he was running for re-election, didn't want to do anything about the encampments. When he first arrived in office, he had other things to do. Then he disappears, and we end up with this interregnum where nobody's going to do anything about them at all, and here we are, summer of 2023, and they're growing. Yeah, and part of the challenge is, is there's some legal parameters around this. You know, the uh, the right for these encampments to continue has been tested in the in in the courts, and so um, you know, I I think it's really pressing Toronto to come up with a solution and, and an alternative. And and I'm surprised this hasn't got the attention in the Toronto's um, municipal election that uh, that it probably deserves. Well, and like I say, Dowson, some of the more conservative candidates for mayor are actually saying, that's it, we're going to end this. I think one of the disturbing aspects is when I first started really digging into all of the research on homelessness, the figures last September were that we had about 8,000 homeless people, and now we have 10,500. So even if we are finding people shelter, somehow the problem's growing. Um, Sorry, you cut out there just a bit, uh, John, but I I like you, right. Right. And the cause of homelessness, uh, well, if you wanted to really simplify it, is that there's a, a increase in short-term rentals, Airbnb kind of properties, and a lot of speculation and foreign ownership. And, a, you know, there's got of this problem. And I, I would say maybe some of the homeless people from Brampton are in downtown Toronto because when you wind up, when you skid out of the system and onto the streets, you end up often in the core areas of downtowns in Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. That's where you end up going. And uh, so there's got to be a very concerted effort by municipal, provincial and federal governments to tackle this problem because housing has become out of reach for a lot of people. The average price of a house in Canada is some staggering amount, like, I don't know, seven or seven or $800,000 or something. It's completely ridiculous. So we need to focus on multi- Complexes and multi-use kinds of housing when we build new housing and we have to tackle the social 
reasons why people end up on the streets, which you alluded to, John. And we have to try not to be hard-hearted and turn away from the poors. I've heard people say, well, it's not my problem if they live in the ravine. Well, yes, it is actually your problem. And we all need to be thinking about this. We need more social housing and we need the feds to step up too, because we used to be building nonprofit and social housing in the 70s, 80s, and now 90s and backstopping the mortgages. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to have to start getting seriously creative about this. Jason, it's not that I'm unsympathetic. I've I've always made, uh, you know, precarious housing an issue on our shows. But at the same time, our parks are becoming unusable. Yeah, John, I mean, I, I do agree with you. They, they, if you go downtown, they do um, feel very unusable. And I actually agree with Patrick as well. I'm kind of curious why this hasn't popped up in this mayor's race that we're in. I, I'd be curious to hear what the leader in the mayor's race, Olivia Chow here, has to say about this. But then again, I'm also curious what she has to say about anything. Yes, I will say she's been remarkably noncommittal on an awful lot of issues. But God bless her for advertising on radio. Uh, The Supreme Court of Canada has decided not to hear the arguments of a woman who was on the organ donation list uh, to receive an organ, uh, but she wouldn't get vaccinated, so she got taken off the list. And Patrick Brown, I guess there's a degree of principle there if you're willing to die for not getting vaccinated. Yeah, and I'm sort of surprised by um, the the court's ruling. And I understand that, you know, we're in a dynamic during the height of the pandemic where um, they wanted to make sure that hospitals were were safe spaces. But, you know, in, in 2023, um, I would hope that uh, regardless of your vaccination status, every healthcare procedure would be available to you. Okay, but uh, Jason Agnew, it seems to be more about the fact that doctors say in order to receive an organ, you've got to be in keeping with all of the principles of good health. And if you won't get vaccinated, then you're not committed. Hey, John, you're talking to a guy that sat there uh, just about a year ago uh, waiting for an organ. Uh, not myself, but my mom did. Uh, she did everything possible to make sure that she was fully vaccinated and, and ready to go and on that list and was too late, uh, ultimately, and got hit up with an infection and, and, and passed. But when you're on that list and you want an organ, they don't just, you know, not everyone's going to get one. An organ's a hot commodity, and you want to give that organ to someone who's going to use it. Um, for a long time and the best they can and to live their life and get that second chance. And if doctors believe that they should be vaccinated to be on that list, then, hey, you know what? That's what medicine says. And that's what people should be doing if they want the organ. Okay, and like I say, Dowson, should the court have at the very least heard the arguments? Well, I mean, there have been so many other cases of people who, for various reasons, end up in the courts for medical interventions, families who don't want blood transfusions, that kind of thing. So I agree with Jason. You're either in or you're out. This is the way the medical profession sees this thing. And uh, if you want want the privilege of an organ transplant, then you're going to have to play by the rules as specified by the medical experts we have. Thank you all. Good to have you. Jason Agnew and, like I say, Dowson, Patrick Brown. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.